We're in John chapter 15, and we're going to go through John 16, verse 9. Much of the world, many of the world religions, reject Jesus. Or they delegate Jesus into being a prophet a good teacher, but they fall short of recognizing him as God. And in a person's mind, if you reject Jesus as true God, you've rejected God the Father who sent Jesus. And many times the world wants to try to accept God in their own uh, philosophies in their own religion, but they reject Jesus, and you can't do that. Because God the Father and Jesus are one, and along with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus put flesh and bone on the image of God. Jesus even had to describe to his 12 disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you've known me, you've known God the Father. And God the Father is seen and known up close and personal through Jesus, his Son. And the belief a person has in Jesus as Savior and God happens to determine your eternal destination. If Jesus, in all his miracles and works... Uh, that the disciples happened to witness. And if he had to explain to his disciples that he is true God, then no wonder many reject him in today's world. But even the disciples had to believe, had to have faith in Jesus. And this same faith has to be exercised by a person to become a believer, or as we like to say, become born again or saved. And the moment, the very moment a person crosses from unbelief to belief, in that very moment you enter the kingdom of God. And we see the disciples, they struggle receiving Jesus as God. Now, they accepted him as a good teacher. They called him rabbi. Uh, he was Messiah. But him being God, was it was a little much for him right until the end. And this good teacher, this prophet, this miracle worker that they have lived with for three and a half years and followed him, makes known through his Holy Spirit who he is. And it sort of surprised some of the disciples. Some of the disciples believe more quickly than others. John happened to be one of those that was a, a believer, a deep believer right, right off the bat. But Judas never came to believe Jesus is God. 
and the simple act of belief. It's so simple that a child can grasp Jesus as God. And a child can have eternal life just like anyone else. But Jesus, by and through his Holy Spirit, makes himself known to man. And Jesus, in John 15, 16, proclaims to all who believe, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. So let's read the last two verses of John chapter 15, and that's verses 26 and 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth will proceed from the Father. He will testify of me. And you will also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning, from the beginning of his ministry. So there, there is a great question that arises here. How do I know that I have been chosen by Jesus for salvation? That's simple. You asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. You asked him to come in and abide with you. And if he does, you were chosen. It's that simple. However, we cannot cross that bridge into belief without the Holy Spirit bringing us to believe. The Holy Spirit sent by God the Father who testifies of Jesus. And to be transformed into a believer is a simple act of our will to align and accept Jesus as God and Savior. By simply believing followed by confession, our entire life and future goes from separation from God to being God's friend and companion. Jesus said to his disciples, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. We have the opportunity to be friends with the eternal God. Makes me wonder why everybody doesn't believe. Why do some reject Jesus? The Holy Spirit being fully God, he's behind the scenes, he's our helper. Hear what Jesus says of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to us sent by Jesus from the Father, and he testifies of Jesus. And when the testimony of the Holy Spirit finds a home, finds a place in our heart, that is the moment you enter into salvation or eternal life. For the Holy Spirit, in truth, makes Jesus known to us. And as believers, we recognize the truth of Jesus by the witness of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in complete unity with Jesus and the Father. So now let's move into chapter 16, and we'll read the first four verses. There Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that you should be not be made to stumble. They will put you out of synagogues. Yes, the time is coming when 
whoever kills you will think that it alters God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told them to you. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. Jesus has explained, he has told his disciples, hey, remember this, the world hated me, and the world will hate you. Now Jesus is coming to a place where he feels he must warn his disciples of persecutions that they are about to soon face. And he doesn't want his disciples to stumble. And he says, my disciples, take caution. No surprises here, guys. In the very near future, you will be expelled from the synagogues. The religious leaders will expel the disciples because they are disciples of Jesus. We who are followers of Christ, we can suffer a lack of what we call social acceptance. Now here in the South, we're in, we're in friendly area. <laughs> the lack of social acceptance as a Christian here in the South is not so obvious as, say, the Northeast, California. Being unaccepted is a way of life for many Christians in different parts of Christian America. It's not so popular to be a Christian in many parts of our country. And we can be oversensitive to wanting to be loved, wanting to be uh, accepted as believers, but the, the world doesn't accept Jesus. And these Jewish disciples of Jesus, now, they've been raised as good little Jewish children, and their life, up until they followed Jesus, centered around the temple and the synagogues of the different areas. And we probably do not understand how being put out of synagogue could be such an important issue that Jesus warns his disciples about this. Jesus doesn't want his disciples to fret or stumble when they are kicked out, expelled from the Jewish social life, i.e. synagogue. It is difficult to understand or accept persecution from those who think they're serving God by persecuting you as a believer. And the disciples of Jesus, he tells them, you're going to remember my words of warning when you are expelled from the synagogues. When you become an outcast, you're going to remember that I spoke about this to you. And the Holy Spirit, he says, will bring remembrance of my words to you. And when the disciples do recall that Jesus told them of the coming persecutions, 
It's confirmation of God's word to them. Jesus now speaks of persecution, and he's up getting ready to leave, go to the cross, and he's trying to prepare his disciples for that. In the early days of the disciples, Jesus was with them, and he would comfort them. And when they would ask questions, he would answer the questions. Therefore, right before Jesus leaves to go to the cross and then to ascend into heaven, he says, I'm not going to leave you disciples as as orphans, I'm going to leave you, give you the Holy Spirit of God. So let's read verses 5 through 9 now. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going away. He says, but none of you ask me, where am I going? And the reason they don't ask is they're overwhelmed with the sorrow that their leader, their Messiah, their rabbi, God himself, tells them, I'm going away. And I'm going to leave you. And the disciples have lost sight of who Jesus is. But he says, if I go away, I will send the Holy Spirit to you who will be known as your helper. The disciples, they're caught up into Jesus, leaving them, and they don't even bother to ask him, where are you going? That's a little peculiar. Where are you going, Jesus? And Jesus says, it's for your advantage, disciples, that I go away. And now Jesus will be arrested, and Jesus' ministry of teaching and miracles is about to stop. And it's an advantage to the disciples, and it's an advantage to the entire world that Jesus go and suffer the cross and all that comes with it. Jesus going the way of the cross benefits all of mankind gives us victory over our great opponent, sin and death. As believers, we are given the truth about salvation, and Jesus must go away to give us that truth. It gives us hope, hope of everlasting life, hope of heaven or eternal life with Jesus. For at the cross, with all its suffering and shame and pain, our salvation is secured. And Jesus must leave. He must leave the disciples, depart, 
to do this great work of salvation. Yet the disciples, they're sad. They're sad that Jesus tells them that he must leave. And they do not realize the price Jesus must pay for their salvation and for our salvation. But they will understand at his resurrection, and that is very soon to happen. For the Holy Spirit will come, and he will convict the world and all of mankind of sin. What sin? Well, the primary sin is the sin of unbelief. That's what separates us, is the sin of unbelief. Jesus was totally righteous. He was the only sinless man to ever live. And we have the Holy Spirit, our helper, and his job is to convict us of our sin and the world of its sin. Now, what is it to convict? It's to expose. It's to make known. It's to prove a person's guilt to them. Proving that mankind is sinful is an easy, easy proof. All you got to do is look at a person's background. And uh, we're driven to the cross of Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin. Remember back to your conversion. Most of us can remember that. Remember that weight of guilt that was upon us? The guilt made known to each and every believer by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Him convicting us of our sin and of our need of a Savior. And the only way for that guilt to be removed is by the cross of Jesus. Now, whether you were saved 30 years ago, even longer than that for some of us, <laughs> or whether you were saved yesterday, the removal of sin and guilt is the great work of Jesus at the cross. And the Holy Spirit brings this to light in our life. So this morning, if you have never accepted the grace of God, if you've never bowed that knee to the Savior of the world, and you have been convicted by your sin, by and through the Holy Spirit, here's the thing you have to do. You've got to rejoice that God has made a way. He's made a remedy for us to find favor with him. So all we have to do is repent and turn from our evil ways simply by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when we do that, we get to enjoy the forgiveness of our sins. What a blessed thing. We do not have to remain opposed to God. We can find favor with God through his Son, and the forgiveness of our sins. Now, we will have people in our prayer area 
they'd be more than willing to pray with you, whether that need be salvation or any other need that you may have. It's always good for us to make our needs known to the Lord, even though he tells us he knows what we need even before we ask. It's good for us to ask. Take advantage of God's grace. It's so abundant. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer.